Well, good morning, Timber Creek Church. Thanks for being with us this morning. Everybody okay this morning? Good, all right, good. It's summer vibes, the beach there. Some of you uh, maybe just were at the beach, you're relaxed, you're feeling great, and others of you, you're like, I wish I was there, or maybe you're going there tomorrow, whatever it is, wherever you're at in your summer. Um, hope you enjoy that. Uh, we get to pick up in our Summer Vibes series uh, this morning, and uh, listen, if I haven't got the pleasure of meeting you yet, uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and we are in part five of our Summer Vibes message series, and uh, Pastor Jeremy started us off back in uh, week one of this, and it was a great start. If you missed any of our pastors who have shared uh, messages with our Summer Vibes series, you can uh, find them at our Timber Creek Church app. Uh, or online at timbercreekchurch.com. And a message from Pastor, um, he's excited. He misses all of us. He's ready to be back. He'll be back in just a couple weeks. And so uh, we love our pastor. He's great. And I wanna say thank you to uh, Pastor Jeremy for the opportunity this morning to uh, get to share with you uh, a message that uh, is close to my heart. It's been something that I get to deal with and, and struggle with uh, on a regular basis, on the hour. Sometimes and some days it feels like on the minute. So we're gonna hop in. Just uh, We're in the book of Philippians, so we're gonna hop straight into this week's summer vibe to memorize what that is. is uh, here's a scripture. It's our key focus of the day, and we hope that you can take that scripture and maybe you can memorize it this week. It's found in Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Here's what it says. Do not worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand, and his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paul starts off this, this scripture by saying what? Do not what? Do not worry. Do not worry. Uh, some translations say uh, do, do not be anxious. If you look up in Webster, what it says is um, do not allow your mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. The slow version and, and, the, and the, other, the other version of this is basically, don't stress. Anybody walk into this room this morning with stress? Maybe. It's not one of those things. It's like if I would have said, hey, anybody want a free $100? Hands go up. Anybody like saying, Do I, did you walk in with stress this morning? You don't want to raise your hand. Because the truth could be that you know, maybe you were in an argument in your car on the way here. But once that door is closed in the parking lot, you're like, okay, put your church face on. We all do it. it, it all happens, it's okay. We walk in with stresses and, and the honest truth is that, man, our stresses can pile up and they can rack up and they can apply pressure in our own lives. But I wanna do something today. A little unconventional, something that we don't take enough time to do uh, in our normal weekly routine. Everybody, we're gonna, we're gonna do a breathing exercise. All we're gonna do is we're gonna pause, we're gonna relax, and we're gonna breathe together because we're talking about stress. And when I talk about stress, that can't get your heart going real quick. I know it has done it for me when I'm sitting right here in this seat. But today, together, we're just gonna breathe, relax, and we're just gonna chill. Here we go, we're gonna breathe in and breathe out. Ready? Breathe in and breathe out. Let's just do it one more time because it feels good to do. Ready? Go, ready, breathe in and breathe out. We find ourselves in a situation a lot of the times where uh, we find ourselves too stressed to be blessed. Too stressed to be blessed. That, that is, uh, that's what we're talking about today. That's what we're gonna uh, hit home in week number five of Summer Revives. We're gonna talk about stress. It's not fun, but I hope that it's relatable because I'm hoping I'm the only person in this room or in Nacogdoches or online that has struggled with stress on a regular basis. 
I've had the opportunity to be on staff here at Timber Creek now for um, just over 10 years. 10 years. It's been great. Um, I've loved seeing where all we've gone as a church, what all we have done, and it's, it's been pretty incredible. I've also had uh, the opportunity to work directly with Pastor Jeremy for, for all 10 of those years. So me and him, we've got to work hand in hand on a lot of really cool, exciting projects. The things that you get to see on a Sunday morning usually came out of this brilliant idea on the spur of a moment from our pastor, and then we just make it happen, and it's just awesome. It's like, wow, look what God did. I'm like, yes, absolutely, look what God did. But, but, when I started here, I had a head full of hair. I mean, I mean, listen, there wasn't the cue ball going on. I had hair thick, and it was great, and all this stuff, and um, I, I'm not at the same place I am today that I was 10 years ago. It's fair to say. And it's okay. We can laugh. It's cool. So I'm not coming to you today from a, um, a pulpit of perfection and dealing with stress and managing our stress. Because obviously after 10 years of being here and working here, it's obvious, you know, and working directly with Pastor Jeremy, it's obvious what happened to me. It's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious that I haven't handled my own stress. Did you think I was going to say something else? Ain't no way I'm throwing Pastor under the bus. No way. Not while he's got, y'all talk to him too much. That's not happening this morning. See, but I'm not the only one who struggles with stress and deals with it. Um, last year, in the United States alone, if you feel like you deal with stress, great, because there's a lot of other people in the United States that do as well. Last year, uh, stress-related medical appointments were the number one reason for, for people scheduling appointments with their doctor. Stress. Stress was the number one symptom of medication trying to help people with their problems. It was stress-related prescriptions. As a culture, we have a stress problem. We are stressed up, we are stressed down, we are stressed all the way around. All the way around. Everywhere you look, you can find it. We're stressed to the max, we're stressed thin. There's only one good thing. There's only really one good thing that I've been able to find uh, about stress. One good thing, a lot of you in here, maybe you can relate. The only good thing about stress is that when you flip it backwards and you spell it backwards, this is what you get. Desserts. Stress, spelled backwards, is desserts. So if you want to make that a blank, if you want to put that in your notes today, you, you can find that stress spelled backwards is desserts. And some of us, like, we have turned to desserts whenever we are stressed out. <laughs> Done it once or twice. It's not, I'm not proud of it. And listen, the taste is good, but the taste is fleeting, but the calories remain. Like, it's just, it just don't, they don't go away from you. So today, it's not a stretch to say that as we looked at our, our scripture and and Paul's writing this note to the Philippian church, uh, there's obviously a really important reason that he's giving us the scripture. If it wasn't important, he wouldn't have wrote it. Nothing is lost in scripture. Nothing is lost in scripture. You can take that today. But I think it's fair to say that as Paul is in a prison, it's fair to say that it's a less than ideal situation. It's borderline what could be called a stressful situation. I know for me, if I ever find myself in prison, it's going to be a stressful situation. So much so, so much so, I have this recurring dream. It happens, it almost seems like once every, what, maybe three to four months. I wake up and I'm panicked. I'm starting to cry a little bit because every time I have just woken up from receiving a 30-year sentence in prison for something that I didn't do, for something I didn't do. It's a fear, y'all, and my wife knows. She's like, Chris, it's fine. Stop. It's a dream. Get over it. I'm like, it wasn't, it wasn't just a dream a second ago, okay? It was real. 
But listen, Dieball and Duncan family at our prison venues, listen, I just wanted to let you know that if I'm ever gonna join you, okay, and be a part of that venue, I want it to be for something that I did. Not for something I was accused of doing, but for something that I did. But here's, here's why. Here, here's why Paul writes this to us this morning. We're, we're gonna hop into it. Stress is a thief of joy. Stress is a thief of joy. Plain and simple, stress is a thief of joy. I've never met anybody, not anybody, who's ever said, hey, when are you like at your best? When are you just like locked in? When are you feeling like you are just on top of your game? Nobody's ever told me, I just need a little more stress in my life. <laughs> Nobody's ever said, I need a little more chaos. Nobody's ever said, just bring on one more um, situation that I don't know the answer to. Just, just bring it on. In fact, I said good morning uh, to lots of people. Obviously, there's a lot of people here at, at the broadcast location here in Lufkin, but I was walking through and I was saying good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good morning, how are you? What was crazy is that although we have stress in our lives, Nobody, none of you, now if you want to in the future, you can, but none of you replied to me, I'm most stressed and highly favored. <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Nobody walks through. And so we all have this stress in our lives that we get to deal with. And it's my prayer this morning that uh, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, maybe you're new to church, and if you're new, thanks for checking it out. Th thanks for being with us, whether it's here in person or if it's online and you're just kind of uh, casually examining things. Thanks for being a part of this. But whether you're new to church or you've been in faith for many, many years, I think a message that, that Jesus has given me to share with you today is that you don't have to live a life in constant chaos and constant stress. We can breathe. You can take it easy. It is going to be okay. There is a better way. In John 10, 10, Jesus gave us this scripture. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, to the full. And listen, quite honestly, we're good at filling up our life, but typically this is how we fill it up. We fill it up with the stressful, with the hateful, with the painful, with the awful, with the regretful. But today I wanna encourage you, maybe we can fill this thing up with something different. Maybe we can fill this, our life up with the joyful, with the beautiful, the thankful, the hopeful, the peaceful. Anybody in here, Lufkin, Nacogdoches, anybody of you want a life uh, that's full of peace? Anybody want a life full of peace? I want a life full of peace. I want that, I desire that. When Jesus says that we can have it, I want that. And I know that today I've made light on uh, the subject of stress. And I've made jokes, and I'm hopefully, I mean, some of you laughed and some of you didn't. Never, ever once in my job description was it to be a, a comedian, thankfully, okay? But today, I've, I've made light on the subject of stress. But for some of us, stress has a white-knuckled grip on our life. It's clinging down so hard, it's choking the life out of us, and we cannot breathe. When you hop in the shower in your shampoo bottle, it says, lather, rinse, repeat. Some of us find ourselves in a situation where our daily cycle is wake up, stress, and sleep. It's wake up, stress, and sleep. Wake up, stress, and sleep. And we've done it for years on years on years on end. Today, let me just encourage you that there's a better way. There's a better way. I can't think of something that would be 
uh, less fun to talk about when you're talking about summer vibes and man, it's just all, things are all good. And now we're bringing up stress and stress is like an, like an August or September message, but here we are in July and we're talking about it. It's okay, because I think Jesus has an answer for us. Together, can we pray this morning? Jesus, over the next few moments that we have, God, we know that we can trust you, that you care for us, that you are for us, that you're on our side. God, and that when we have issues, when we have concerns, we can bring them to you. We can bring them to you. So today, God, as we investigate this subject of stress, God, would you show us your answer, your way to finding a solution? It's in your name we pray, everyone said, amen. Can I give you a super optimistic outlook on life? I'm a pretty happy dude, and that sound, guys, that's my fault. I just turned off the mic, so don't, don't freak out. We're all good. But listen, um, let me give you this super optimistic outlook on life. I like to make jokes. I like to make jokes at bad times. Um, I like to have fun. I like to smile. I'm a pretty just happy-go-lucky guy for the most part. So here's my, here's my optimistic, bright smile view. Stress is absolutely everywhere. <laughs> Stress, you can't hide from it. There's no escaping it. There's no outrunning it. Stress can be found from the moment that you wake up and you're trying to figure out what am I going to wear to the next moment when you walk in your kid's room and you find out my kid has just cut their hair. We've got two kids. Both are victims. Both have done it. And as parents, you just walk around, open one door, and stress is there. You drive the car, stress is there. So today, your keynote, as you, or our key thought in your notes, uh, we're going to fill in the first half of it. We'll, we'll finish the rest in a moment. It says this, I cannot outrun stress. I cannot outrun stress. Stress, like I said, it is all around us. Stress does surround us. And if you're wondering what stress might look like, here's, here's uh, a couple characteristics of what I found myself to be stressed out, here's what those situations look like. A couple of them, here we go. In stressful situations, I find myself I don't have answers. I don't have answers. I'm seeking answers, but I don't have them. In stressful situations, my circumstances are chaotic. In stressful situations, my attention is consumed. Because some of us, we, we wake up and, and we go through each of these circumstances and we see them they're right in front of our face. We have a whole life to live out here, but all that we can see is the stress that's facing us right in front of us. And lastly, in stressful situations, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but I can relate to all of these, and maybe you have a couple that you feel the same way, because when I don't have answers, things are tough. We want certainty. We want answers. We want to know, and when we don't know, we get severely stressed out. When our circumstances are chaotic, well, what is chaos? Chaos is like unpredictable madness. Have you seen in Men in Black when, when Will Smith goes and hits that little ball once he's in the, in, in the uh, laboratory, this little ball starts bouncing all over the place. It's up, down, all around, just pegging people in the face, going through desk work and all this stuff. And chaos can be a lot like this. There's no predicting the next spot of where the ball is going to land or where the stress is going to go. Our attention is consumed and I'm overwhelmed. And eventually you get to this point when you're overwhelmed that I don't have answers. And you don't know where else to turn. We just, we don't know. And so that's what stressful situations look like. Here's what stressful situations they tell me. 
They tell me this. I am the solution to my problem. When we're most stressed out, we are trying to figure out how we are going to fix it. We want to be Bob the Builder on the scene. And Bob the Builder, can he fix it? Yes, I can. That's what we, that's what we like to tell ourselves. But there's a little bit of a different answer today. Because we can only be the, the solution to our stresses for so long. There's only so long that we can carry it. Sometimes things are out of your control. Other times, yes, let me just, for those of you who like the balancing and qualifiers, yes, sometimes we put ourselves in stressful situations. Sometimes we do it. But there's a lot more circumstances. There's a lot more things that happen to us, in us, and around us that are out of our control. And that you're not gonna be able to fix every little problem, every little, every little detail, every little thing. It's not gonna happen. Because stress isn't a problem to be solved. It's a tension to be managed. Stress is not a problem to be solved. It's a tension to be managed. And I want to encourage you, if you're, whether you're already in a relationship with Christ or you're considering it, don't join a, a relationship with Christ based on the fact that if you want to be with Jesus, he will take all your stresses away. It, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. But also, don't know that you already, uh, in order to become in relationship with Christ, that you have to have your stress already figured out. You don't have to remove all the stress in your life in order to come to Jesus and to know him. Because if I told some of you that you have to remove all the stress in your life, you would look at the person sitting right beside you and say, see ya, okay? We say, all right, this is done. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. Here's the rest of our key thought this morning. My insider secret for you for dealing with stress and how, uh, the problem, first of all, it's not just stress, it's in how we look at it and how we evaluate it. Insider secret says this, I cannot outrun stress, but I can run towards peace. I cannot outrun stress, but I can run towards peace. And that's where we're landing today. That's what we're talking about today. Stresses, we're all familiar. Peace, let's go pursue it. So let's look at our two situations one more time. In stressful situations, we see, we see this, that I don't have answers, that circumstances are chaotic, my attention is consumed, and I'm overwhelmed. But now let's look at peaceful situations. In peaceful situations, I don't have answers. Circumstances are chaotic. My attention is consumed. In peaceful situations, I'm overwhelmed. So just keep that up for me, team. Let's, let's talk for a second. What's the difference? What's the difference? We saw that the left side of our screen uh, over here, it says that, that I'm the solution to my problem, that I'm going to fix this, I'm going to make this better, I'm gonna grit my teeth and I'm gonna make myself an answer. But over here on, on this other side, I don't have answers, but I know a God who does and that I trust him. And my circumstances, they're chaotic and they seem big and they seem to be surrounding me and swallowing me whole right now. But I know a God and I, and I trust a God that holds the whole world in his hands. And yes, my attention is consumed in a peaceful situation, but not with the chaos. Not with the chaos, but with a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm overwhelmed with that same peace that surpasses all understanding. There's a difference in our vantage point and what we're focusing on in the midst of our stressful situations. I wanna show you a picture 
of something that happened. It's a picture from October of 2017. Guys, go ahead and throw it up there for me. Here's a helicopter. This picture was not taken by, by me or by Holly. Uh, this was actually taken by Holly's sister because uh, we were in a stressful situation. This helicopter actually was carrying my, my 10-month-old son, Tatum, uh, to the hospital. He was being life-lighted. We found ourselves in a situation that um, was quite crazy, to be honest. It felt like it. It felt chaotic. It felt frantic. A 10-month-old baby wakes up at 5 a.m. screaming, crying, hurting. Obviously, something's not right. His diapers weren't right. We're, we're new parents. We didn't know what we were doing then. We don't know what we're doing now, but we definitely didn't know what we were doing then. So now we've got two, and it's like double the trouble. But we also love our kids. They're in the room. I, I want to make sure we know. We, we love Tori. I love you. I love you, Tatum. Okay, they're sitting over here. But that helicopter, it, it took my 10-month-old son in a lifelike situation. We wake up, it's 7 a.m., we get to the doctor's office, and they, they say, what's, doctor, what's going on? We have no idea. Fortunately, we're blessed with a, a fantastic pediatrician here in town, and, and he said, hey, your son's got this thing called an intestaception, and his intestines are like wrapping around each other, and he can't process, and his, his stomach's in, in a lot of pain. And here, so he said, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna have to uh, go over to the hospital across the street, they're gonna have to do like an x-ray, and then after that, once it's confirmed that that's what it is, they're gonna life-flight your kid down to Houston. So Holly and I, well, we're sitting there, and we're saying, okay, 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 smile and nod, not really sure how to, uh, how to feel, what to expect next. We trust our doctor, so we, we go and we do this. We get to the hospital, they confirm it within a couple minutes, and they say, okay, the helicopter's on its way, and uh, Holly, you, you and your son, y'all gonna be able to go up in the helicopter, head down to Houston. So... I hop in my truck, like a dad who doesn't really know where, what he's doing, and I plug in this, this hospital um, there in Houston on Google Maps, and listen, this was before Google Maps was really great, okay? If you're an Apple, person, Apple Maps person, just get out. You can leave. There's another church for you down the street, but Google Maps was, was told me, okay, like uh, Google Maps took me to a place that, we can just say it like this, I wasn't where I belonged, Okay? Stuck out, I was just like, I don't know, this is not the hospital that I was looking for. So I'm trying to figure out where to go. So eventually I make it down there. But, but while I've already headed down to Houston, and Holly's parents have headed down to Houston, the helicopter shows up and they roll 10 month old baby, guys. Which, this, is, this is tough. 10 month old son on the, on the table, roll him out to the helicopter. They load him up, and Holly goes to step in. They said, I'm sorry, ma'am, we don't have room for you. You're not going to be able to ride with your son. Okay, there's another unpredictable chaotic element. Not only did this happen, but now what you're telling me isn't exactly true, and so now I've gotta give my 10-month-old baby off to people that I've never met before in a helicopter to fly two hours away. Circumstances can be crazy. We get down there. Fortunately, my parents had still actually kind of stuck around to make sure to see the helicopter taken off. Does my, does my dad care for my son? Absolutely he does. But does my dad also like to see helicopters take off? Yes, he does. Okay. So, I mean, I think there's, I think there's two things working around there why he hadn't left yet. Fortunately, Holly is able to ride uh, with my parents and they make it down to Houston and into the right spot um, before I do because obviously I didn't know where I was going. Um, stressful situations can come up out of nowhere. But I can tell you, unless you've been through a, a situation like that, 
and you've had Jesus at your side, you've never experienced the peace of God like we did in that moment. In that moment, were things moving quick? Yes. Was there tears? Absolutely. But in that situation, at that time, in that moment, it was unbelievable how there was a peace that surpassed all of our understanding. And I think that's available for you this morning too. One of the greatest gifts that Jesus gives us is peace. In John 14, 27, he says this, I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Let me read that one more time. And the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. I want that. I want that for me and I want that for you and I want that for my family and I want that for your family. Because at the sound of my voice, I have friends right now who are searching for that peace that grew up here. They grew up here and they're still seeking that peace but they're not going to find it. Because the world likes to try to present it here and there and everywhere else. And we, we build up these coping mechanisms to try to just deal with life rather than live it and live it to the full when we don't have the peace. So all of us in here today, I wanna encourage you that that peace, it's available, it's important. I want the peace that only Jesus gives us. It's a, God's peace that he gives us, it's a tool. He uses differently for three different things. Number one, what does God use peace for? God uses peace to guide us. Peace is how God guides us. Some of the most stressful decisions that we're ever going to make, some of the most stressful decisions we're ever gonna make are not between what's right and what's wrong. It's between what's good and what's also good. Like there's two great options here. God's peace is gonna be the deciding factor. See, God's peace is profound. And the absence of God's peace is also profound. I'll say it one more time as you're writing it down. I know, listen, I'm about to get to the part where we're giving you notes and blanks faster than you can write. But just hang in there. We're going to go for it, okay? God's peace is profound, but the absence of God's peace is also profound. You have to decide, you have to decide what's going to be the, in the driving seat of your decision-making. And so right now, this morning, uh, when you're in church at, you know, whatever time it is, you're sitting here, it's easy to say, close your eyes, I can, I can live on God's peace. I can decide in God's peace. But when Monday comes around and it's 3 p.m. and there's deadlines and, and there's punch lists and stuff has to get done, it's a, it's a little less easy to say, I need the peace of God to help me make this final decision. I need the peace of God to guide me here. I need the peace of God uh, to direct me in this situation. It's a lot harder then because it's a lot easier to let fear take the reins and fear take the driving wheel, the steering wheel of those decisions that we're making. Fear is a horrible driver for your life. When you're presented with opportunity, when you're presented with a new chance, when you're presented uh, with something new or different, Fear can come in quickly. Fear of missing out, fear of failure, fear of trusting God, all of these different fears, they can surround us and they can paralyze us from making the decision that God's calling us to make. Let's talk about this, what, what is fear? Fear is anticipating the enemy's next move. Fear is anticipating the enemy's next move. 
but faith is expecting God's. Fear is anticipating the enemy's next move. Faith is expecting God's. Colossians 3.15 says it like this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule. Let it be the governor. Let it be um, judge, jury, not executioner. That's not what we're going for in this situation. But let the peace of God rule in your heart. Peace is how God guides us. Secondly, peace is how God protects us. Peace is how God protects us. Let's look back at our summer vibe to memorize. We'll look at verse seven here in Philippians four. It says this, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If you wanna circle that word guard, you can, because it's actually a pretty interesting word. And listen, I'm not a Greek scholar. I don't do a ton of just in-depth learning the Greek and learning every definition, but I did come across this when I was studying and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, The word for guard that Paul uses here is frueo. How do you know if you say it right? Say it with confidence. That's it, no other trick. How do you know you say it right? Say it with confidence. Say it boldly, it's frueo today. Here's what it means, here's what it means. It means to protect by military guard to prevent a hostile invasion. So we see that if you had any doubt, let it be clear, there is a battle that goes on for your mind. There's a battle that goes on for your mind. And stress can and will attack your heart and your mind if it's left unguarded by the peace of God. So peace is how God guides us. Peace is how God protects us. And lastly, peace is how God prompts us you knew, you knew I had to get at least two Ps in there, okay? I was trying to go for three. I could not figure out the first one, to make it one. But guides, protects, and prompts. When I'm not living in God's peace, I am looking out for me. To be honest, when I'm in a stressful situation and I don't have the peace of God, I haven't allowed the peace of God to come in and take over, I see a lot of ugly sides of myself that I really don't wanna see. I see a lot of things that are ugly, gross, nasty, disgusting. I don't want that in my life. I'm self-centered. I'm focused. I'm competitive. It's me versus you. It's my family versus everything. In these stressful situations, we can let that wall be built up. It's competition. I'm already a competitive dude. I don't need one more thing to make me more competitive. But in this situation, when when I get stressed and peace isn't at the center, there's competition. There's a lot of ugliness. I become self-centered. But listen, today, being a self-centered Christian, it's an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. We're not called to focus on self. We're, we're called, Jesus says, go and seek and save those who are lost. Seek and save those who are lost. We're not worried about us. We're worried about the one. We're worried about others. And we're giving our life and sacrificing us to go after them. Self-serving Christian is an oxymoron. Listen, but if you don't have peace in your hearts, if you don't have peace in your hearts, we don't care if anyone else has it in theirs. So God prompts us through his peace. You realize how magnetic a person is that's living in peace? Do you realize how attractive it is, how drawn others can be to that person who is living a life of peace and 
at peace. It's such an incredible evangelistic tool that we have at our disposal. It really is. But if you try to give peace of God that you don't have for yourself, we can't do it. Because another note here for you, I cannot give what I don't have. I cannot give that peace if I don't have it, if I'm not living in it on a regular basis. I cannot give what I do not have. So let's answer this question. Because if you're like me, and I'm sitting in your seat, and I hear about these great things that peace can do and God's peace can do in my life, and I'm, I want that. I want to know, how can I pursue it? How can I get it? How can I go for it? How can I obtain that? Don't just tell me about peace. You better tell me how to get there, too. So let's do that together. There's three ways that you can pursue peace. The first is this. It's through prayer. And now, listen, some of you, when I said that, your eyes rolled, you glazed over, you're like, are you kidding me? You set me up, you're 32 minutes in, and prayer's the answer. Yes, I realize that prayer, the Bible, God, and Jesus are always the answer in Sunday school classes, okay? <laughs> you grew up and you went to VBS, I realize those four things, they're always the answer. You can't get it wrong, and the teacher can't even argue with it. If they did argue with it, they were wrong because those four answers are always right. But today, I think we have let our eyes glaze over at prayer. I believe we have, when we say that, we just kind of scoff and move on. Prayer is saying something to God. Prayer is saying something. Other than the words that you're telling God, prayer is also telling, telling God this. I can trust God with this burden. When we pray, when we take it to him, we're saying, God, I can trust you with this burden. I can surrender it to him. That's why it says this, the verse, verse of what we talked about today, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. God's saying, look, I've got this. Well, that's that's kind of cool. Keep that up there just, just for a second. Um, it's pretty cool, the confidence of God, that, that we can trust him, because he says, tell God what you need, so make your request, transfer this burden that you're carrying on your shoulders that you weren't meant to carry any longer, that it is too heavy on, on, on your back. You don't have to carry this. Give it to him, so tell God what you need, but then thank him for all he's done. The confidence of our God is unbelievable. The rap sheet of our God is so good. The Yelp reviews on our God are so good. He can be trusted. And listen, if you have a problem with trusting God, maybe you're, you're, you feel like your, your prayer muscle is weak, I encourage you, be a part of what we have coming up in August, okay? Second week of August, we do a thing called 21 Days of Prayer. And that's where at our Lufkin location, our Nacogdoches location, we meet right here in this worship center in NAC, 6 a.m. 6 a.m., that time exists? Yes, it exists. 6 a.m., we meet for 21 days of prayer, and you have an opportunity to stretch that prayer muscle. It'll be available online, but I encourage you, be here. Be in the room. There's been some crazy, awesome testimonies of what's happened in people's lives whenever they've made the commitment and they've stuck it out, and it's crazy to see what all God has done. So if you want some help stretching that prayer muscle, be a part of our 21 days of prayer that we do twice a year. We have it coming up the second week of August. I can also pursue God's peace through praise. And praise can be tough, especially when 
you're in a chaotic situation because it's unnatural. It's unnatural for us to stop. It's unnatural for us in the middle of chaos and things are moving quick and decisions are going faster and things are running all over and it's just, you don't know which way to look next. It's unnatural to stop and trust him and to praise him despite everything going on around me, despite everything out here. It's unnatural just to stop and praise. Here's the next note for you. When I can't praise him through feeling, I'll praise him in faith. We have to make that decision. In Isaiah 61, to summarize the, the, what the, the prophet was saying back in the Old Testament, he's talking about the year of the Lord's favor and he's talking about all these things that he's giving to us that we can, that we can use on a regular basis. In Isaiah 61, he says, uh, and put on a, 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 he's giving you a garment of praise, garment of praise. Why, why is that important? I don't have time to, I could give you another 30 minutes on it, but the short version is this, is that the garment of praise is something that we have to choose to put on. No matter what it looks like beside us and around us and in us and above us and below us, we put on this garment of praise no matter what our situation is, that we can trust God with what's next. That we can trust God with what's next. We can pursue peace through prayer. We can pursue God's peace through praise. We can also pursue God's peace through protecting my thoughts. Protecting my thoughts. We've established that, that the peace of God protects our hearts and minds with like a, a militaristic intensity. And our mind's a constant battleground. But listen, let me encourage you just to kind of piggyback a bit on what Pastor Dan talked about last week. Every morning when you wake up, your mindset is yours to set. Every day when you wake up, your mindset is yours to set. If you missed Pastor Dan's message, like I said, get on our app, get on our website, and go listen to it because he talked about not living with the condemnation that we put on ourselves, that the world puts on ourselves, but instead actually living in the affirmation of who we are in Christ and what he has done for us. Because listen, your life is not built on, on your resume, on your hedge fund, on your retirement account, on your doings. Your life is built on Christ whenever you're a Christ follower and what he's done for us. No matter how that's playing out physically for you, listen, your life is built on Christ. And this gets down to really to an identity issue because we love to identify ourselves by what we've done. There obviously is an identity crisis in today's world and today's culture. We don't know who we are. And I don't have time to give you the message because we could be here till one o'clock if you wanted, but we're not. Instead, I encourage you to do this. This fall, also coming up, another plug for Timber Creek, I encourage you to be a part of Encounter. If you've never been to Encounter, they get to talk through so many of our identity issues and the roots of them and, and the problems that we face because of those identity issues. I encourage you to be a part of that. What you allow in your mind wants to battle for your heart and for your mind. So when I say that your mindset's yours to set, whatever you're consuming it's trying to, to rob your peace and it's trying to, to rob your heart and your mind. So be careful what you're, letting it, what, what you're letting your mind consume. 
from news to politics and everything else in between, fix your focus on him. But today, as we conclude, I wanna go over a passage that um, personally I love getting to, to preach. I love getting to preach and so much so I'm, I've got a couple notes here I wanna make sure I say, but I wanna be out front. I feel like I'm closer to you when I'm here, so I like to live up here because I feel like we're, just, we're buddies and we're having a conversation. But in Mark chapter four, you see, Jesus told the disciples, hey, it's time to move from where we are now and go somewhere else. We're gonna go across the lake. So the disciples trust Jesus, right? They hop in the boat. They hop in this boat and they're, and they're headed um, to this other side of the lake, headed to this other side of the lake. Jesus, I think me and Jesus, like, I think we're friends right now. I, obviously, I believe I've got a good relationship. But I think if like me and him were like walking together, like he was standing right beside me to my right, man, I think we'd be some real good buds. Here's why. They hop on the boat, the disciples get to work, and Jesus wants to take a nap. Anybody love a good nap? Anybody love a good nap? Good. The disciples, you gotta realize, they, have, uh, they know all about boats. They know all about what's going on because they get all on, the, on the sea, they've grown up on the boat. They've grown up fishing and they've grown up sailing and they know all, every square inch of all this, all the mechanisms on the boat. I don't know about boats. I can't even give you the details of what they'd be fixing, but I know that they knew about the boats. They're on the boat and then the storm comes. We've heard this story before. And the waves are coming all over the boats and the sides of the boats and they're, and they're kind of freaking out a little bit, but they've been trained for this. Because they have trained their whole life. They have gone every single year leading up to before they uh, came into ministry. They knew how to, how to handle storms. They knew how to handle waves. They knew how to handle crazy circumstances. But in this storm, everything that they knew how to do wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Waves are still crashing over the side of the boat. They're starting to drown and they're freaking out. I've gotta believe one of those disciples is like, are you kidding me? Like, like, we were fishermen before this thing and we're gonna let Jesus drown out here? Like, that can't happen. The storm and the waves and the winds, all that was surrounding them. One disciple runs back to Jesus. He says, Jesus, Jesus, we're about to drown. Our boat's going down. This situation is not good. Jesus wipes off his eyes, goes out, and says, here we go again. And Jesus goes out and says, peace, be still. And at the sound of his voice, what happened? The winds and the waves and the rain, and it all calmed down with his voice. Why couldn't the disciples Say that for themselves. They obviously believed in him. They obviously trusted him. But the disciples, they couldn't speak peace to the waves and the storms and the craziness in their own life because the waves and the storms and the winds, it was all a reflection of their own hearts. In that moment, that's, that storm was them on the inside. I have to believe that the disciples, for the longest, they trusted, their faith was in their boat. Their faith, their faith was in their skill, was in their ability, their, their Bob the Builder mentality of being able to fix everything that's thrown their way. 
because, but it came, came up short because the perfect storm has, has come and they weren't prepared for this exact thing. But thank God their faith wasn't just in their boat, but eventually, although it took them some time, their faith was properly placed in Jesus. And to, re, to, to say it again, our key thought of the day, you cannot outrun stress. You cannot outrun stress, but you can run towards peace. And thankfully, they ran towards Jesus in the boat. But listen, peace is not just this mysterious force. Peace is, peace is not just up in the clouds, floating around, that you have to do weird things to obtain it. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus. And he's available for you and for me today. And thank God that he is. Today, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Some of you, you want this peace. You want to pursue what God has for you. But like the scripture says, the, the peace that Jesus gives is not something that the world can give. It's not something the world can give. So you want that, you wanna pursue him. Today we're gonna to pray, I'm gonna lead you, let's call it, we say in church a salvation prayer that we're, we're committing our life to Jesus. And when we pray this, he saves you, he loves you. And his peace will just, it will invade your heart. So today let's do just that, Jesus. For those that are in the room right now, the sound of my voice, that they don't know you, Jesus, but they want to. Pray that you would make yourself known to them right now. And if you're in the room to get together, if you want to just, uh, if you want to receive this peace, if you want to receive Jesus for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, would you just slip a hand up to God right now in this room, all across the room? And we see you, we see you. That's so good. He sees you as well. Let's continue praying. Jesus, we thank you that, that you receive us that you see us, God. God, that you forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings, that when we put our, our faith in, in, in our boat and not in, in you, Jesus, please forgive us of that. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for living, calling me to live in a, in a life of, of peace with you, Jesus. And now for everyone else in the room, maybe you're going through a stressful situation. Maybe you're going through something right now that's tough. It seems like you, you don't know how to, to navigate through this one. If you're going through that situation, let, let, let's pray this together. Let's pray this together. Jesus, right now, situations are countless across this room, across the Nacogdoches room, across the rooms in Dybal and Duncan. But God, you know all things. You hold the world in your hand. We can lean in and trust you for your peace. We can lean in and we can trust you that you're good and that you care for us. That you're on our side, you are for us. So we speak peace right now to the situations that are going on in the hearts of everyone represented here. We speak peace from the situations that they, maybe they've got themselves into and maybe the situations that are completely out of their control. 
We seek you and we lean on you, not for our own understanding, Jesus, but we lean on your understanding. We lean into you together, Lord. And we love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Everyone together said amen. Thank you, guys.